0: Chet Elhaga is the founder of Blue Front Equity, a pure-play seafood private equity firm. All opinions expressed by Christophe Vonheim or his guests on this podcast are only their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Bin. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Christophe Vonheim as a specific reason to invest or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only. This episode is produced by William Franzen. You had a the thesis, right? And but it's a completely different ball game to raising the money because it seems like you know if you had one successful fund, it's very easy to raise the second fund. But to raise that first fund without showing that track record as a fund manager, yeah, needs it probably needs a lot of qualities. Uh, you need to be persistent, stubborn probably, but can you talk, talk to us about that journey from having a thesis to actually setting up yeah. the fund? Because that's not you easy. You have to be
1: crazy too. It's, uh, <laughs> it takes a lot of time. Right? It takes a lot of time. And it's, it's it's not easy at all. It's not easy at all. Uh, and you have to have that kind of, a little bit of a stupidity that you think, like, I, I can do this, I can do this. When I look back, I I, I like I, I didn't understand how much work that is, and how risky it is, and how 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 long it will take. So um, uh, so so basically, I we, of course like you, you sit down, and then you have to gather a team. Of course, you have to start with a team, and you try to 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 collect people uh, which which works good together. You have to also convince potential investors that you have been working with them over time. So because no one wants to get into a team which is brand new, yeah, exactly. like you don't know each other guys. So you'll probably, you will quit after a year and you will get angry at him after after two years. So an investor will never invest in a team which don't have kind of a very, very strong ties together and, and a, proven, a proven work uh, relationship over time. So I have to f- find that first. And, and then of course you have to, you have to build um, an advisory network, and and of course that even that is hard. Like, how do you get investors when I don't have experience, I don't have the money? But do you want to be my advisor? That that's even that is very very hard. Uh, so you have to work a lot to get a really really good advisory network on board, and then it's like okay, how to in- incentivize your, your network, and 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 how to fund yourself during this time, and then and then. Uh, and then you have to also like start to talk to investors, and and basically talk to investors saying like, okay, I've never done this before. Can you please give me your money, and so I can invest them in the sector that you don't know. And and so my fir- the first question is always, ah, have you have you done this before? No. So you want my money? You're not. P- are you putting in something on your own money into it? I was like, okay, I'm putting in, I'm putting in my own money. Yeah, but you're not putting. In, as much as we do so it's, it, it, it's a constant battle and then everyone is saying like okay this, this was great this is a great opportunity I will see who others will exchange exactly. and then you have to go with others he's, he he's, he's with us if you are yeah. then you have to go back and forth and I'm kind of broke between yeah. potential investors for a time and then, and then in the end it's always that you have to have someone that really really believes in you and, and kind of trusts you. And, and for us, we were very uh, fortunate to get um, fired on board. Uh, but I totally understand why uh, they also took a stake in the management company and, and saying, like, you guys haven't done this before. We need a strong hand on the wheel, mm-hmm. which I totally understand. Uh, but for us, it gave us the opportunity to build a track record, which we needed when we now found the Blue Front in 2020. Because when we found the Blue Front in 2020, we had, uh, we had a proven track record. We have done it before. Myself and Simon had worked together doing it before, and we were successful in doing it. So when and and even then, it took us at least a year to fundraise. So to to to, to be able to to get a perfect size because and then because there's the second hurdle or or the second or the tenth hurdle <laughs> to if you talk about hurdles it's a really really long race but <laughs> as is 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 in relation to. Um, it's in relation to the fund size because you kind of build a strategy um, and if, if you say like, okay, I want to invest in 10 companies, okay, show me your deal flow, okay, then you have to work out the deal flow and you have to do that before they put in the money. So you have to run around talking to the companies pretending you have the money even though you don't have the money uh, and then you do that, you build up a deal flow, potential targets and everything. And then, and then you, you have a couple of deals like saying that you need uh, say 500 million Norwegian and, and what happened if you only get the 300 in the fundraising? Like basically it's like, okay I have 300 which is a pretty good success, but I have sold a strategy which is which is based on 500. So because the, and then they, then you go back to investors saying like okay I, I can only do three investments, not five and then they will say then I don't get the diversity the, the uh, uh, diversification yeah. that I, that I wanted. so then I pull back. So it's it's a constant, It's a, you have to be in constant movement and constant talking to investors, uh, speaking to them, update them on how it's going, uh, talking to them about deal flow opportunities and, and, and hopefully maybe do a deal in the beginning uh, and then have to give, uh, maybe you give some perks to the investors which are on board first. Mm-hmm. And then so there's a constant kind of Dealing and, and back and forth for at least one to up to two years before we have the fund closed. And that was the case with us too. It, like for we, we, uh, we started working with this and it took, took us like half a year of planning and then one year of fundraising. So it was like close to two years before we were, were, were like finally closed. Of course, like in the end, there are tail end on a lot of agreements and yeah. stuff. So you, you kind of have... You, you you kind of you like half a year before we 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 closed we kind of stopped fundraising only like working on the investment the investors which which said like yes but we are doing due diligence and supporting them in different side letters and agreements and stuff so but uh it's a it's a long journey i can talk forever about yeah. this journey i was actually in a meeting in in Trondheim the other day and and there was a guy uh from a swedish fund and we ended up talking for 2 hours only on fundraising and like, did you do that? How did you do that? Like, how do you think about that? So, and it was a really, really cool meeting, even though we were there for talking about something completely different. It was just so fascinating and and meet people who's been, been through the same journey.
0: Is there any point during this journey where you are close to giving up, or do you believe that in order to make this, you need to sort of never think about that? Because if you think about it now, oh, this is too hard. I can't get the deals right. Maybe it's not the right timing. As soon as you start thinking that, it will be so easy to give up. So, do you? Or do you? Yeah, there's sort of, of
1: course, like, uh, that's why I say you have to have a little bit of stupidity. Like, you you have to just not think about the failure. And, but of course, it's hard when you kind of work without salary and then you have a family to support and everything. So, that's, of course, very, very hard. And it's it's a hard sell telling your family, okay, I got a high paid job, but now I'm going to do something really, really risky. Uh, and I don't know if that will success or not. But
0: uh Yeah, but it does come with guarantee, right? So you spend so many, many hours, but so it many can be worth nothing, right? It can be
1: worth nothing in the end. So many hours and so much money you put into something that you actually it's uh like you don't know. Like you basically don't know until the until the end. And uh but for me it was never like I I never thought about giving up. I was I was just so determined that, that this is my future and I really, really wanted so much. Uh and I guess that's that's that. That's how an entrepreneurial brain works and you know, don't see all the risks and don't consider all the options all the time. You just like look at the target and you, and you go. 100%. Um, 100%. And uh, myself and Simon, uh, we were very, very good in focusing. So we only spent time on the most important tasks all the time. We're like every, every day we're like, okay, what is the most important task to do? Like there are a hundred things to do But like, what is the most important? Because we got limited time and limited resources. We're only two people. There's a lot of nice to do, like, should we do that? Maybe that, should we talk to him? Maybe it's valuable, but it's a little bit more valuable to talk to him. So let's book a meeting with him and spend time supporting him instead. So uh, so that's, uh, I think it's, you have to have that in front of your brain. And of course you have to have that structure and working very, very focused. Because there's so many opportunities to, yeah. to go in this direction. For example, in 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 deal flow, like there's so many opportunities to 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 just look at cases which is interesting. Yeah. But it's not what I said I would do. Plus so like, okay, you got a really, really interesting thing, I think it's really, really cool. But I told the investors to do something else, so goodbye. So you have to very, very strict on the focus. Mm. <laughs>
0: I think it all comes back to the saying that if you try to do everything, you do nothing. Right? Yeah. So that just comes back to the point. Yeah, like yeah, if you have uh, to focus.
1: very, focus. Yeah, that's that's true. It, it it kind of comes back to that. And we, um, like uh, my partner I always say like fortune favors the prepared mind. So we we, we we try to do do kind of try to always be prepared. Everything we do, we're prepared, and then we try to do less. Right. So we ha- we, we we sort out the, the activities, and then we do what we do we do really really good and that's kind of the basis of our success to, to, to have uh, that focus and, and always be prepared uh, and, and um, I think that's like when we come back to investors we, 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 we say something we actually do it and we do it with, with, with everything we have so I think that's one of our success factors.
0: Building on focus one main topic is of course the investments in sort of the infrastructure piece and mm. maybe some people who listen don't really understand why you just can't be an investor invest in the farm right mm. but it's not that easy so just no. given that but it's also I know it's a clear plan why not to become a farmer but mm. it's not that easy to become a farmer if you wanted to
1: No no no. obviously there is a no, lot of money I think, think from 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 our perspective like like I said we invest in the seafood value chain we try to make the value chain more sustainable mm. Uh, because we think the value chain is like, you can't always focus on the farming part. There's so much to, to take care of in the whole value chain. And of course, like to have ex- capital exposure towards farming, that opportunity you have in the stock market. Yeah. So so the investors, are like, okay. like you invest in salmon farms in the stock market, but a value chain, you don't have that opportunity in the stock market. So that makes it perfect for a private equity structure. Because I'm giving people exposure to companies they can't get exposure to themselves, so it, and that makes the thesis very, very strong. Uh, because it's hard to say, like I, I will
0: put your money in the stock market, right? It's uh, why, why should you do that? Definitely. Mm. Well, when you're trying to get the deals done, it seems like there has to be a, an interesting dynamic because probably if a company is desperate to sell to you, maybe that could be not the best sign in the world right yeah. but it's also like maybe the company you want is not for sale so talk a bit about how that dynamic works because there has to be a seller and a buyer and of course i don't know if this goes for the infrastructure piece but it has to be fair to say that in seafood it's a lot of family-owned company right mm. so how does that dynamic work finding the right companies but also convincing them to sell which and made- that's and, and, and that's
1: like one of the one of the things that are hard and, and why it takes so much time And why it was like why my background was relevant because when I started up as a consultant, I met a lot of companies, so I had a lot of relationships with family-owned companies, and that started off when I was 24. So I, 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 or even even actually before that, I actually looked back at my resume the other day and I saw that I was actually punching sea lice in a database when I was 13. So I, I had to start. (laughs) I started like. uh, Kind of uh, present that more, uh, but one uh, of the uh, um, like that relationship start, goes way, way, way back. And uh, our first investment in this fund, which was uh, Redox, uh, which was um, actually a company where I was uh, I was cleaning the office of the owner of Redox when I was in high school, so I knew him from then. So a lot of this is goes goes way back. So you can't just call someone and say, I want to buy your company. Uh, you have to build relationships over time. And and then you have to also show that you can create value for them, that you actually have something to bring to the table. And that needs to be more than capital. It, can only, it can't only can be capital because then you have a lot of opportunities. As a business owner, you have to bring something more to the table. And we uh, invest in partnerships. Uh, and since we invest uh, as a partner, it's always very good to have a, a good uh, working relationship and and how 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 can we kind of how can we do diligence or relationship okay it's to talk to them over time he said okay, you said that like last year what did you do this year okay you're actually a guy who who delivers what you promise and 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 then we build build a relationship over time so I have to like so my job is basically having talking to a, a lot of companies. Uh, even though they're not investable right now, but maybe they will be sometimes in the future or maybe they'll never be. So there are very, very few investments which comes knocking on your door. You have to go out and hunt. And, and 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 that hunting takes time. It can take years. Sometimes you're lucky, but often it takes very, very long time.
0: If you look at the value proposition you have to propose for a company, because sometimes if if I think about private equity, I think about a firm maybe has like 50 employees so like have a clear structure like balance sheet optimization making mm-hmm. it ready to go on stock exchange etc but this seems like a more boutique private equity firm so no, it's more or- uh, yeah that's uh, i i would say like the
1: tickets that we write are more venture capital sized but that's because the companies in the value chain it's not very big so uh of course everyone wants to kind of look at bigger companies and that's kind of the, the trend and and if you go for bigger companies, they're often more professionalized and kind of the, the things that you do is more tuning yeah, uh, than, than what we do. We do growth. So it's basically growth investments. Um, it's not the traditional private equity which is like split uh, split up or buy off yeah. stock market or put it on or list or split or yeah. divest or, or or, or or that type of strategy we only do growth the only kind of look we talk to companies and like okay you got a strategy now but if you had if you had if, if money was not um um if, if you had money more money would you think differently yeah uh, and if money was not a scarce resource how would you look at your strategy then would you would you then consider buying your competitor and then they said, like, yeah, I've always considered that, but I never had the money to do that. Exactly. Okay, but do you think that would be a smart move? Maybe we can do that together. Yeah. So we together can do something that you can't do on your own. And in addition, we kind of, okay, you have been working with this company for 20, 40 years. You have never, never taken out money. Maybe it's time for you also to to take out some money and then reduce the risk. Maybe maybe work less, maybe and, and, and in many cases, we, I, I, I talk to, to, to owners or, like, or to CEOs, which is often the owners too, that okay, the next time I'm selling the company, you're out. Because we will get a much, much higher value if you sell a company which is not very found, founder dependent. So we buy a company which is founder dependent and we work together with that founder to build a structure inside that company so it's not founder dependent when we sell. So basically, we opens open up the door for for many many more buyers and also a higher value just to that structure
0: uh, that we build. When you when you buy companies, how conscious are you about? We, we
1: were not buying; we invest, invest. in when invest you, in companies. When you invest in companies,
0: mm. how conscious are you about sort of the? exit strategy not at all just want to make the company great or do you always have to think like many parts ahead to see
1: like no okay, we have we have to take think about many yeah. many parts ahead you have to yeah and I think that's kind of the the value that we bring um is that we we have kind of a storyboard or or, or a way of doing things and, and one of them is that we look at exit candidates pretty early on and saying okay that we want to sell like that company's a or a, or that company's a potential buyer what is their strategy? we have to analyze who they are so that we build a company which will fit in 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 into them so we're not building a company who who no one wants so we have to build a company who who who's a great fit for for um for a handful of of potential buyers so that's that's extremely important and it's it's often it's often something that uh, current founders are, or, or, or
0: the, the founders that we invest together with, is, is not aware of. Uh, because, like you said, the timing aspect is so key, right? So it's, it seems likely that you can get sort of get stuck with like you want an exit, but then if you haven't done your homework, suddenly it doesn't fit like the right yeah, companies, and then
1: I know. So we have to keep that in mind all the time, uh, because if if you do a couple of if you do a couple of investments uh, or buy a new factory or change your strategy or reposition yourself in the value chain, maybe you, you will not be considered as a potential object for an industrial buyer, basically because you, you did what you did. Mm-hmm. So, so you have to also uh, think about that all the time uh, and, and, and try, to, try to be critical with all strategic investments and, and see like, how does that fit in a potential exit candidate
0: if you like this episode and the content we create please head over to our youtube channel and make sure to subscribe to the channel this episode was produced by William Fransen